to the Travel Squad podcast. We adventure the world together, one passport stamp at a time. We're here to share travel news, tips, and our own adventures with you. Every Travel Tuesday, we share stories on a variety of topics, including our hometown, San Diego, hiking, weekenders, national parks, international getaways, and inspiring you to go on your own adventures, even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. And I'm Kim. And And we're we're the the Travel Travel Squad Squad Podcast. Podcast. So grab your ticket and your passport. And don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 97 of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, we're taking you to Zion National Park, which is one of my favorite national parks in the country. This is my second time visiting the park, and I feel like I've gotten a really great experience of this park because this time we went, it was very hot. It was summer. The first time that I went, it was January. It was snow everywhere. We're making snow angels all over the place. It was beautiful. It's equally as beautiful in the summer, though. I'm really glad that we got to do it in both seasons as a squad. It's definitely a bucket list item, and I'm so excited to talk about it for more than one reason today. Yeah, and while it was Kim's second time, this is Brittany and I's fourth time going to Zion. I feel like we've talked about Zion many times in many different episodes, and we've never done a Zion episode, and finally we're bringing it to you guys, so super, super excited about that. It's such a quick and easy drive from Las Vegas, so we always like to try to squeeze in a trip to Zion when we go to Vegas and have the opportunity to do so. And Zion is known for many things, but one of my favorite things about Zion is the narrow red canyon and mountains that you see when you're there. It's such a beautiful Utah desert landscape, and it really reminds me of Sedona, Arizona. I know a lot of people know of Sedona. They love it. But just imagine Sedona on a more majestic national park scale, and this is what you get when you come to Zion. And even more exciting, we took this trip with our friend and honorary squad member, Charlotte, and we have Charlotte here today joining us on the podcast. So Charlotte, so stoked you're here with us today. Hi, how are you guys doing? I'm fantastic. You're here. I said it. (laughs) I'm excited. Finally made it to the podcast. (laughs) Yes, Charlotte has been a little upset because she has taken a few trips with us. She was on our Yellowstone and Grand Tetons trip. And she also made it on a trip to Santa Barbara with us. And we haven't done an episode on that yet. And she has been upset with us because she (laughs) hasn't made her podcast appearance. But here she is today. I'm mostly upset because the Grand Teton was was probably the most beautiful thing I've ever seen traveling so far. (laughs) And we kind of screwed you out of being on that episode. It's okay. (laughs) But what's funny is that that trip we took over a year ago now to Grand Tetons and Yellowstone It was in the middle of COVID when COVID was kind of starting to reopen. And so we had that trip plan, but we also had a backup trip plan to Utah that would go to Zion. It would go to several other parks. And I kind of told Charlotte about it. I sent her the info, but Charlotte's the kind of traveler, best kind of traveler who's just like, yep, I'll be there. And doesn't really (laughs) ask a lot of questions. Isn't really difficult. So she got the backup trip itinerary to Utah and (laughs) thought we were going to Utah. And she's like, wait, guys, we're not staying in Utah. Where are we going? While we were already in Wyoming, she's asking this. (laughs) I totally packed wrong for the whole trip. (laughs) 
Well, not only that, we had our flights fly us to Salt Lake City because we went to Salt Lake City first and then drove up to Wyoming to go to Grand Teton and Yellowstone. So you know what? You thought we were going to Utah the first time uh, when you were an honorary squad member. And this time we finally took you to Utah, like legitimately, <laughs> not just airport and driving through, legitimately to Utah. Finally made it to Utah. <laughs> Very satisfied. Well, welcome to the podcast, Char, and we're going to dive right into Zion with some tips. Like Kim says, always tips first. I love it. Dip in with the tips. Dip in with the tip. <laughs> first one, you know what? Brittany always says this, so I'm just going to jump in and say it and kind of switch it up a little bit. Download offline maps. We say it all the time because it really is vital and important. If you don't know this, you can go to your Google Maps, download a specific region offline. That way, when you don't have service, you can utilize the maps as if you have service. And when you're in remote areas in national parks, or even when you're not in the national park yet, you're in remote areas of the desert driving to this place, you will have your maps very much needed. Yeah. When we were at the outfitter shop buying our sticks, I already did not have service. And I was in the middle of a couple major text conversations at that moment. And I totally lost service and ghosted those people. Yeah. The <laughs> outfitter spot there where we got our hiking sticks for the Narrows, it's in the town of Springdale, just right outside the national park. So we're even in a city that's on the outside and service is scarce. So you need it. And speaking of the Narrows, if you've seen any pictures of the Narrows, it's in Zion National Park, and it's been a bucket list hike for all of us here. And one of the tips that we have is to bring two pairs of shoes on this trip, one for hiking, if you're going to do more hiking, and then one pair of shoes for the Narrows. And as we get into that hike, you're going to hear more about why. But the Narrows is just a hike through a riverbed, and so you're going to want a second pair of shoes because your feet are going to get very wet. And as with all things, national parks, especially lately, book ahead of time, book your hotel ahead of time, book your car rental ahead of time. Even if you plan on using the paid shuttle service, book that as far ahead of time as you can. Because the one thing that we definitely noticed that was different from this time from the winter when we went, so many people. So crowded. Very crowded. Yes. And the prices spike in summer because everyone's going in the summer. I know that we booked our hotel several months in advance. We paid like $225 for a night. And I looked a few weeks before we went, maybe a month before we went, just to see how the prices were. And they were double or triple the price. I mean, imagine one night close to $500. That's how popular this national park is. I mean, if any of you have Instagram or any sort of social media, I guarantee you've seen a reel of somebody doing any one of the two hikes that we're going to talk about here later in the episode, the Narrows and Angels Landing. Very, very crowded. And then another tip for how to get there. There are two airports in Utah that we'd recommend flying into. One is Salt Lake City. That's a little bit farther away, but the airport we would recommend closest one is the Las Vegas airport. That Las Vegas airport is not in Utah, Kim. You just said the two in Utah. Okay. You mean Nevada. Two for getting to this national there park. There you go. Same there same. we go. Thank you for correcting me. Don't want to mislead people. But the Las Vegas airport is actually about three hours away from this park, so it's closer than the Salt Lake City one. But if you're planning on doing any of the other Utah national parks, we have a national park itinerary coming up on Utah's Mighty Five. So in that case, maybe Salt Lake City is better for your itinerary. Mm, good point, Kim good point and one thing piggybacking off of what you said about if you fly into las vegas do keep in mind nevada is one hour behind utah in terms of time zone so if you are going to be leaving from 
Las Vegas and driving into Utah for that short two and a half, three hour drive to get to Zion National Park. Once you cross state lines, you're going to lose an hour. So plan accordingly based on whenever you have the shuttle or what time you think you want to get into the park to start your hike. Make sure it's that local Utah time and not that hour behind in Nevada. It's also worth noting that because it is just three hours, you can make this a day trip. It doesn't have to be an overnighter if you don't want it to be. I think this was the first time we actually did Zion overnight. Every time that we've been to Vegas and then gone to Zion, it's been a day trip. So this was the first time and Charlotte was there for it. And I did enjoy the hotel we stayed Oh, at. the hotel oh, was all bomb. I can't wait till we I get to that it. portion. We met some fun people in the spa <laughs> jacuzzi <laughs> later that night. Yeah, it was a good time. So Kim talked about it already kind of in the intro, the weather. And in Zion National Park, it snows in the winter. Some of the trails actually close down because there's ice on the trail. But in the summer, there's excessive heat. It can be 100 plus per day. And then another fun fact is that in July, August, September, it's monsoon season and there's a ton of flash floods. And so we actually had just gotten back from the trip and we saw a flash flood on Instagram and it wiped out one of the roads. The park closed down. It was pretty crazy. And anytime that there's monsoons or flash floods, you can't hike the narrows or some of the trails. So, you know, we went in June, which was the perfect time to go. We got really lucky with the weather. We did. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was hot. Lucky in the the terms of no rain and flash flood, which came two weeks later because we went early June and then two weeks later, it's that start of that little rainy season. And even if it's not raining in the park, it could rain 50 to 75 miles away. Believe me, if that downpour comes in the desert, it all flows down the Virgin River, which is what you hike the narrows in. And it is very dangerous flash floods. People actually die. So the park rangers tell you all the time if they're expecting those flash floods because there's rain in the vicinity, you should definitely not do that. So do keep that in mind in terms of just general safety. Do you think that there are more deaths in Zion or like Yellowstone? I would say Zion. I don't want to discourage anybody from doing this. And again, we're going to talk about the Narrows and the hike when we get to it here. But I feel like every year there's always one person that dies hiking the Narrows because of a flash flood. And I don't know if someone dies every year in Yellowstone, but maybe Yellowstone in general is more dangerous because people are dumb with the bison and they get charged by the bison and gorged and all that stuff. We've heard of a lot of grizzly situations. That's true. We have. We have. <laughs> that we have. But we I did get I, to see them. <laughs> but I think the actual grizzly death total is still less than people who die in the narrows. Wow. In terms of collectively, not every year. <laughs> so So another thing that you guys should know about is the parking at Zion National Park. There's actually very limited parking. And in the summer, you have to get there very early to get in any of the close lots. The parking lots start to fill up around 8, 9 a.m., maybe even earlier. I was going to say you're giving them a late time. I would say 8, 9, you're for sure going to be already out. I would say you want to be there like 6 and even 7 possibly out at that time during busy season during the summer. At least the Zion National Park parking lot because we didn't touch on this yet. During summer, you have to take a shuttle into the park. So you park, take a shuttle, and it stops you where you want to go. The city of Springdale has parking all throughout the city. And if you park anywhere outside of the Zion National Park parking lot, it is paid parking. That is available still probably at the time. But the Zion National Park parking lot, really close, right at the shuttle, definitely fills up early. 
And so don't be confused because there's two shuttle systems. There is the Springdale shuttle system that gets you in and out of Springdale to the National Park entrance. And then there is the Zion National Park shuttle system, which goes throughout the National Park. And we learned that even if you park in Springdale, that doesn't mean you're guaranteed to get on the shuttle because the shuttle passed us. It was super crowded. And so we ended up having to walk to the entrance ourselves. Conversely, though, during the winter, they do not have the shuttle and you can drive in your car. And Brittany and I have been to Zion in the winter twice, one of those times with Kim. And even though the hikes that you can do are limited because of the weather, it's majestic on another level because of that. Less people in there, so it's more to yourself. You see it in that winter setting with the snow. But if you go during winter for whatever reason... Do keep in mind, you can actually drive your car in, but during summer months, you have to take the shuttle. So look online. I think sometimes the national park changes when they will start and end the shuttle. So look online always to see when those times are. A coworker of mine went about a month before we did in May, and he was telling me all about two different options you can use to get into the park. One is you can rent these like electric assisted bikes. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to pedal your whole way in, but it's for miles and miles. You're just on this electric bike and you get to see the beautiful landscape. So that sounded nice if we had more time. There's also paid private shuttles yes. that you can rent that will get you in earlier than the Zion National Park shuttle starts running for just a short price. And it could be a private shuttle for just your group too. Yeah, the Zion shuttles say they start at 6 a.m. But that mm-hmm. doesn't mean you actually can show up at 6 and get on one. If you show up at 6, you're not going to get on one till about 8. Which is what happened to us. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, like Kim said, you can pay for a private shuttle and go straight to the trailhead that you want to go to. I mean, you're going to have to pay for it because these other shuttles are free, but it may be worth it depending on the situation you're in. If you're constricted on time or you want to beat the crowds, probably a good option. And one last little thing that I want to say before we get into the real meat and potatoes of the episode and talk about our good time is this was really weird. This is the first time that I really noticed that they had the walk-in entrance to the national park. You can drive in when it's open for you to take your car into the park. Otherwise, there's a specific and separate entrance that you do for the walk-in that gets you to the shuttles. And that's the first time this trip that we all took together where we had to use that. So keep that in mind. If you're going and you're parking, they're going to drop you off. You're going to have a separate entrance that is specifically for pedestrians to walk into the park versus the main entrance that you're going to see where all the cars go through. So do keep that in mind, depending on how you're getting into the park. So we're going to dive right into the Narrows. And to get to the Narrows, well, like we said, we took the shuttle and there's nine stops on the shuttle system. And so to get to the Narrows, you have to stop at the very last stop, stop number nine. And that's where the Narrows hike begins. And it's a paved path at the very beginning until you get down to the riverbed. But why doesn't someone describe like what the Narrows is? Okay, I got this, guys. The Narrows is the most popular hike in Zion Park. You look up on both sides, there's about 2,000 feet in front of you. It is incredible, beautiful views. At certain parts, you'll be walking ankle deep, and then all of a sudden, you will be waist deep in water. Just seeing everyone around you of all ages and children, older people hiking the same hike. That was pretty crazy, actually. And there were even some parts that were so deep that Charlotte was like, you want to swim in there? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but you know what? That was one of the coolest things. I'm actually glad that you really mentioned that, Charlotte, is because you saw 
literally kids, like children as young as five, I would say, and a lot of older people also up into their, you know, 60s, 70s, even attempting to do this. And, you know, for the most part, you really are wading ankle to shin deep in the water itself. But at some points, yeah, it got deep. I remember when we first got to the point where it really got deep and passed our waist kind of like mid chest a little bit. I was like, oh my God, like I wasn't expecting that mm-hmm. at that point. So and it's cold. And it's oh, cold. Yeah, yeah. Very cold. Very water. cold. But those spots are few and far between. So when you come around, this is the time, you know, we always want to tell you what the bathrooms are like on the trail. So when you get to those deep spots, there you go. <laughs> Can I be honest? Can I be honest with you guys? At one point, not going, but on our return trip back down the canyon and the narrows, I told Brittany at one point, I was like, I'm going to have to take my time in here. And I'm, <laughs> I'm really going to pee once we got to like that waist Waisty. and uh, mid chest deep. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely I peed in that did. area. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who else didn't pee in there? Everybody peed in there. I think everyone who had to pee in that section. That's oh, should we touch no on the state of the bathrooms at the National oh. Park at 8 a.m. versus the state of the bathrooms? Yeah, like at 6 r- like right where the shuttle oh, drops you off finish. before you start. Yeah, go hit you on that. Kim Charlotte. thought we were in a completely different bathroom. We had to look at each other. It was a disaster. So, what was 8 a.m. like? It was beautiful. It was clean. Everyone was waiting in line. It was very organized. There, there was, was toilet, toilet paper. paper. <laughs> First, so then we finish the hike and it's like 6 p.m. What happens then? You walk into the bathroom. I think Kim should take this over. It literally looked like a toilet bomb went off. There was paper everywhere. One toilet was covered in shit. Oh my God. There was another bathroom. There was something the creepy going were on. Off. <laughs> the lights were the off. Lights were <laughs> That every like a scary bath. Every woman that came in said, "What the hell happened in here?" It was terrifying. But they asked that question as Kim was leaving. If I'm being honest, I think she's the one who dropped the bomb that she's talking about in there. Oh, that could not have possibly been for me. That looked like a literally goblin. Can I tell you something though? <laughs> National park bathrooms are always hit or miss, and you know sometimes you get some that are really clean. They don't smell whatsoever, and like you said, in the morning it was fine, but you know throughout the day, Thousands I mean, there's gonna be there's gonna be a collection (laughs) right but uh you told me that about the ladies room the men's room had a smell to it but it was actually still clean which shocks me because you would expect men to be dirtier and so i come out and just thinking to myself oh man like i had it lucky in there compared to what you ladies are describing so i think Brittany, you didn't even use the bathroom no because i was holding (laughs) the line for the shuttle and so you and charlotte went and then jamal went and when you guys came back you're like nope and i was like i am holding it that (laughs) was a good call and I waited till we went to back to the visitor center. Pristine bathrooms there at 6 p.m. Because they got that. janitors there on the reg. It's not in the middle of the park. I mean, they got all <laughs> the employees working there. But I'm glad we touched on the bathrooms. But let's back it up and talk a little bit more about the Narrows. I mean, this is too epic to not really get into a little bit more detail here on it. And you just see the different colors of the canyon walls. I mean, you're literally hiking through a river that you have the canyon walls. They go up anywhere between hundreds to sometimes, I mean, it feels like thousands of feet above you, right? It's almost like it's a bad analogy, but a good analogy at the same time, like your own mini Grand Canyon. And imagine you being at the bottom of it and you're just hiking through it and you see all these different colors 
everyone's doing the same thing as you and experiencing it. There's almost this kind of like camaraderie, even though there's too many people there that kind of pulls from it. It also makes it exciting at the same time. So there's that little give and take, but I enjoyed it. I don't know though, because we've been talking about doing this hike for years, if that now that we did it, I was expecting more from it. And I don't want to say I didn't enjoy it, but at the same time, like I thought there was going to be more, but it's still a hike that you have to do absolutely yeah. in Zion. And not just are the beautiful red rocks towering over you, but then you have this turquoise blue water that you're going through. So the contrast between the red and the blue just makes it look so beautiful. And the, the water's really clear mm-hmm. and, it, and it's just cold and it's a whole vibe. Yes, I do think it'd be better without all the people, but it was never crowded to the point where we were like shoulder to shoulder. Right. And of course, like any hike at the very beginning, there's going to be more people there. But the really cool thing about this hike is it's a very long endpoint, and you can kind of pick and choose when you want to turn back and head back. How long is it totally if we were to go to the very end? I want to say it would take us if we wanted to go to the very end, it would take about four hours. And we went about Mm. two hours. So we only went like half of the way there. Nine miles. Two hours in one direction, mind you. I just want to say we went. So four hours in one, four hours back, eight hours full day hike if you really want to go far. But that is one thing that was actually really cool. You're right. A lot of people get in there. It's one of those things everyone's excited. Some people turn around a little too early. The further you go back, those crowds thin out and you have more of the park and the narrows to yourself the further you go. So do keep that in mind. The crowds thin. And I had looked at a map and I wanted to get at least to Wall Street. And I wanted to get to that point because that's where the walls of the canyon start to narrow in even more and like really become the narrows. And I knew that looking at a map, we would have to pass this junction of another stream, like entering into the narrows. And that was called the Orderville Canyon. And so I knew that when I saw that, we were going to be pretty close to that section. And I think we made it to Wall Street before we turned around at that Mm -hmm. point, too. We did pass that. And I don't know what was going on with you, ladies, Kim, (laughs) Charlotte, Uh, if Brittany and I were just going too fast or if I know you were taking your time enjoying it. It's so beautiful, too. But when we got to that split point, you know, there was a couple other times that Brittany and I slowed down, waited for you guys. But when we really got to that split, we said, we have to stop. Like, I don't know if Kim and Charlotte aren't going to go the wrong way down this one. (laughs) And then we waited. And then I think, Charlotte, you were actually starting to go down that way. We're like, Charlotte, Charlotte. And then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. If you guys weren't here, we would have gone the other way. The hike and the lighting changes on the canyon walls. We Mm -hmm. were really freely enjoying. We were in the moment. Yeah, we were. No, it's great. It's great. We were in the moment just as well, too. But when we got to that spot, I knew we had to stop. Otherwise, you were correct. Well, maybe, yeah, (laughs) go the wrong way. So you guys confessed that you you were getting out and going on the side banks. And so this is something I didn't know before doing the Narrows is that it's not all river. You don't have to be in the water the entire time. There's a lot of times where there's dry parts on the side so you can get up onto the sides and just hike. You don't have to wade through the water the whole time. There are some parts where you have to be in the water. There is no side. So Brittany and Jamal, any chance they could, they would get out to the side and walk the dry parts where me and Charlotte were like, we're splish splashing around and we want to be the in the water. Time. Well, I don't think it was because, and you are correct, but, in I, the water. but I don't think it was because we were trying to avoid the water. I enjoyed being in it. But like we said, it's ankle to about shin knee high. And 
you're right. Certain points of it is very, very clear. Some points, not so much. So we all rented our hiking sticks, which I think we should touch on a little bit more later before we forget about where we got it from, how much it costs, because they're vital. Because if you don't have those hiking sticks, sometimes you can't see the bottom of the river. And so you're wading through all these uneven rocks. So you need that hiking stick. So sometimes when there is that little bit of opening, I said to myself, it's easier for me to just kind of get off to the side and bypass. It's not very long, those little bypasses, but you know, versus wading in the water and how slow it is navigating through all those rocks and not seeing the bottom, it does give you a little bit more extra time that you save. So I think that's probably how we got in front of you guys too. But Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it wasn't because we didn't want to be in it, but because it was giving our feet a little reprieve in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Jamal, you mentioned something great, the hiking stick. And so that really just leads us into our next section, which is squad tips for the narrows. So we rented our hiking stick for $9 a stick from Zion Adventure Company. And oh my God, it was a lifesaver. I would have died without it. 100% necessary. A thousand percent necessary. (laughs) My arms got to work out because of how much I was leaning on it to help me walk. (laughs) And what's so funny is Jamal gave me so much shit about walking. I I was going to say, I thought it was Kim who was having the freak out, not me about this. You're the resident freak out. Uh, No, I wasn't having a freak out. All right. Well, well, Brittany, Brittany, finish what you were saying and then I'll have to defend myself as I always do. Well, I had done some research and every single article I read was like, you need a walking stick. If there's one thing that you want to rent, don't rent the shoes, rent the hiking stick. And I was like, okay. And it was like, if you want to twist an ankle, don't rent the hiking stick. And then Charlotte was texting uh, saying like, hey guys, are we getting hiking sticks? Like, what are we going to do about this? And so I did the research and was like, let's get hiking sticks. So we were all safe for this hike. I think the only reason we didn't rent them ahead of time was because we also heard you can find them at the trailhead that people would just leave but that is not true yeah and it's not those nice rentable walking sticks that we got and when we say that don't think of like hiking sticks some people did end up bringing those these are literally broomsticks yeah nice like carved out wooden poles to the right height that you actually need they're very very straight the hikes that I think we were reading that people do leave are sticks that people find themselves and they're their own makeshift. They're not straight. They're all crooked like little tree branches. And maybe you could find those, but with the thousands, and when I say thousands, I literally mean thousands of people that are doing that each and every day. The odds of you even finding one is slim. So do rent them. So Jamal, why did you want to die and not rent any hiking poles. All right. So here's the part of the episode again where I always defend my thought process when Brittany claims freak out on Jamal. So I did not want to die, number one. And I even said to you later, and I, I just want to say, can we give credit where credit's due? When I'm wrong, I feel like I always tell you I'm wrong. And I admitted on this hike that I was wrong and they were very much needed. But you kept looking at all this stuff like, mm, I have my hiking poles. Like, should we bring our hiking poles? But they don't fit in the carry on, even if we angle them. Like, do we want to check a luggage? And like, you just kept talking about it, like, kept, <laughs> kept talking about it, thinking different ways, looking at TSA, what's regulations? How can we take this? Can we really fit it in the carry on without having to do the check? I had so, a very thorough so, discussion uh, with myself. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it, well it wasn't you. just with yourself, it was with me. <laughs> and quite frankly, I don't want to say I was getting tired of it, but I felt like, he wow, was. she's like really obsessing about this. <laughs> so basically, when I 
I found out, I'm just like, Brittany, like calm down about the hiking sticks. Like either way, like I think we'll be fine. Like I'm sure it will help us, but I think we'll be fine. And I, again, stand corrected. I admitted on the hike I was wrong. The hiking sticks. uh, Yeah, I said it. Hiking sticks are very, very much needed for you. And I found a technique actually. Don't just use it with one hand. I found it very helpful to hold it with two hands and kind of use it almost like you were rowing yourself, like in a boat, like with an oar or a paddle. Bring it up and kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. And pull it (laughs) kind of like sideways. It gave a lot more stability to it. And I told that to Brittany and I gave you credit and said I was wrong. Give me credit. You did that and tell me that didn't work. Yeah, I did that towards the end of the hike and, you know, it was helpful. It was. It was very helpful. Yeah. And even with the hiking stick, there was one point I still ate shit and like fell forward to chest deep in the water. Oh, yeah. See, you guys were so far ahead of us. We didn't get to watch that one. (laughs) We did not. I always get to see Brittany eat shit. I saw that. I was like, oh, my God. Like, are you like, (laughs) like, I really thought she had injured herself. I love a good fall. So, you know, the hiking stick was definitely clutch, but we have some more tips for you guys. We all decided not to rent any of the water shoes for the hike, and we all wore our own shoes. Charlotte, myself, and Jamal, we all wore tennis shoes, and Kim wore water shoes, and we all survived. However, I think the tennis shoes are a little bit easier to wade in than the, the water shoes. So the water shoes, yes, they're doable. And I had just gotten these water shoes because a couple of weeks before I went to Mexico City, took a trip out to Grutas Tolentango, got some water shoes and I was like, sweet, I'm going to be in the water in a couple of weeks. I'll just cop these and be good to go. And yeah, it's doable. There were other people wearing water shoes, but I would not recommend it again because see, I was thinking they're grippy. They'll be good for grip. You won't slip. And that was true. But I did not take into account the thickness of the sole. Which is not very thick. It's not very thick. It's very flimsy. And what about the mesh like top? Yeah, so that's the problem. Every rock you step on, every rock you stub your foot on or your top of your toes on, you're going to feel it and it's going to hurt. And you can move faster down the river if you have a thicker sole. So I would even honestly recommend renting the shoes because then you don't have to worry about taking wet shoes home. You just rent them. Boom, boom, boom. You can rent the shoes, socks, and pole for $27 total. But if you just want the shoes, I think they quoted you, Charlotte, like 22 uh, Yeah, 22 for just the shoes. And then we already had purchased our neoprene socks, which I believe were helpful. Yeah, that's another great tip, Charlotte. Yeah, we all purchased neoprene socks except for Kim, I think. Because my, my water shoes were like half neoprene socks, half half a soul. Well, Brittany, why don't you tell us what neoprene socks are? Because if you don't have access to this, I want to say up front, you should wear wool socks for you with whatever shoes that you wear, but describe the neoprene socks. So so neoprene is just basically like wetsuit material, but it only goes up to your ankle or like shin, depending on the length of the sock that you want. But it's the same material. They're a little bit thicker. And then, you know, if water does get inside, it's supposed to warm the water against your body temp so your feet don't get super cold and that you're not freezing. But if you don't have them, wool socks would probably work pretty good. Yeah, don't wear cotton socks, either wool or the neoprene. That is definitely for sure. And going back to what you were saying about your water shoes, All three of us, Charlotte, Brittany, I, we wore tennis shoes. They were sufficient, although, you know, we were hiking the next day, which we're going to talk about that hike. So we didn't want to wear our hiking boots in there. Yeah, they may have been better because they have more sole on the bottom and thickness. They would have been heavy though, right? They would have been heavy, but I feel like as tolerable as it was, I could have been more comfortable because I know regular tennis shoes, 
The sole is more thin than hiking shoes. So every so often, especially depending on how far you go into the narrows itself, your feet can start kind of like cramping up because you're on those odd little round edges of the rocks and pokey edges. And so it would have been nice to have the ankle support from the right. Yeah. If I, if I would ever do it again, I would rent the three. So Charlotte, you were really thinking about renting the boots from the Zion Adventure Company. What was your major deciding factor on not renting them? Um, I think I just wasn't sure on how long we were going to hike. I always feel more comfortable with boots on, uh, with the ankle support and also the boots that you could rent from the store. They had like holes in them to drain the water. So I don't believe that they would have gotten heavy. Uh, looking back, I agree with Kim. I would probably rent the boots for the next trip or suggest it to someone else. But I was just a little bit torn. I was fine in sneakers though. So whatever preference someone would choose would be fine. But speaking of renting stuff before we move on to some of our other squad tips here for the Narrows, and I guess this is a squad tip too. We were in a serious dilemma. You hear all the time, like this place where we rented our stuff from other places, they have outfits for the Narrows. And by the outfits, I mean specific like water weight or overalls to kind of help keep you dry and get things out. And we're fortunate enough that amongst us four here, we know several people that have actually done it. And they all told us it is absolutely unnecessary to rent those unless you're going and doing this during the winter to keep warm. During the summer, don't waste your time getting any of that clothing gear. You just want either the shoes, the pole, and the, the socks itself, but the actual like waders don't waste your time getting. Yeah. In fact, I would duck down and get water on my hands just to put on my body because I wanted that. It was hot. Yeah, it was hot. Even though you're in the canyon, the canyon's a little bit cooler and shaded. It's still very warm. But as we're talking about things to rent and things to wear, you want to wear synthetic clothing. You don't want to wear any cotton. Anytime you're wearing cotton, it stays wet and it's going to cause you to chafe. So if you are wearing shorts, make sure that they're like the polyester or like workout type shorts. Same for the shirts. Don't wear anything that's going to stay wet. So wear wool or synthetic clothing and that'll help keep you warm and dry. And by the way, even if you do wear synthetic clothing shorts for working out, you may still chafe. In fact, we were getting dressed that morning and Charlotte was like, oh, don't you chafe? And I was like, no, not really. And then I got the worst chafing of my thighs <laughs> because you're wet the whole time. So your wet yeah, skin is rubbing wet. against each other. I don't even have a tip to prevent that. I just know be gold Vaseline. <laughs> Vaseline or gold bond. Lube up before you get out there. <laughs> And another tip we have is to bring a dry bag. All of us actually purchased dry bags for this trip. And, you know, it was helpful to have. It kept yeah. everything dry and ours were all lightweight and easy to carry. So. I think it was like 10 bucks or something on Amazon. We'll link it in the show notes. And actually on our website, we have a page on there, travel products for sale. So we'll link it in there and as well as every other travel product we've ever mentioned. Yeah. And you want that dry bag because you want to keep your phone safe. Number one, even if it's waterproof, I don't mess around with that BS. You still want to keep learned your lesson. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've learned my lesson. You do want to keep it safe. Secondly, you're in the narrows for a long time. You want food. You want lunch potentially. I mean, the last thing you want is a, a non-waterproof backpack and have whatever food you brought with you get soaked and wet. So the dry bag is essential. Definitely do keep that in mind and for sure get it. 
So we mentioned the weather earlier. The best time of year to hike the Narrows is late spring into early fall, but just be mindful of the monsoons and the flash floods and all of that and just kind of be mindful of the water temp. And they actually don't even let you into the Narrows unless the water is flowing at a certain rate. If the flow is too fast, they won't even let people get in the Narrows. It was already hard to hike going up the stream and it wasn't flowing that hard. So I can imagine if it was flowing like double, Mm -hmm. it would be miserable. Yeah, it'd be really dangerous. You might have chafed more, Kim. There'd be a lot more chafing. (laughs) (laughs) And then we had mentioned the shuttles earlier. Make sure you're on the shuttle before the last shuttle of the day. And again, the shuttle times in the park go later than what they go in Springdale. So you could take the last shuttle coming out of the Narrows and not be able to catch the shuttle in Springdale. So just keep that in mind. We did walk back to our car because we saw the line to get onto the shuttles for Springdale. And we're like, fuck this. Let's just walk. Luckily, we were close. We were at shuttle stop three, so we were two away from the entrance. So those Springdale shuttles that we're talking about, again, this is run by the city to get you to the front gates of Zion. So your Zion shuttle is only going to run you to the front gate if you park in zone shuttle 10 for Springdale, which is a mile, mile and a half back in the city on that single road. You're going to have to walk it yourself if you get there too late when they stop that. So do keep that in mind. If you don't get that upfront Zion, on National Park parking and have to park in Springdale. You may be able to get a hotel like we did that's on that main road. And depending on what time you start your hike, you may just want to leave your car there and walk in. That's true. Hey, travelers, let's take a quick detour to talk all about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We now have six different trip itineraries, one week in Kauai, an American Southwest weekend or road trip, a week in Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks, a road trip adventure featuring all three of Washington State's national parks, Big Island, Hawaii, and an Arizona road trip that features all three of Arizona's national parks. We are obsessed with these. These itineraries are 20 to 30 page PDF guides with every detail of the trip laid out. We're talking where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, and driving distance between attractions. Plus what things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, and their mileage, and the time to allow for each one, and so much more. We have story highlights on our Instagram, at Travel Squad Podcast, where you can see the full guides. We've done all of the research and have taken these exact trips, taking our all of the guesswork from the planning so all that you have to do is show up and have fun purchase your comprehensive travel squad podcast itinerary on our website at travelsquadpodcast.com best of all they're on sale right now for 30 dollars. so travel on over and get yours today this episode is brought to you by reese's peanut butter cups in breaking news leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
So when we finished the Narrows hike, we got out and there was an amazing brewery right there. But because we had the hiking sticks and they had to be returned by 7 p.m., I had to rough it in my water shoes on the hot pavement, (laughs) trekking it all the way back to the stick place to return our stick. Zion Adventure Company. That's what it was called, right? Where we had to return it? Yes. Yes. And then luckily we were able to get back in our car and then drive, thank God, back to the front where we did return to the brewery. Yeah. And that was really cool. Like literally right outside the entrance of Zion National Park, there's several shops. There's like the visitor center, several places to eat. And they had that brewery. And we were like, after this long hike, we for sure want to have ourselves a drink, some beer. And we decided we were going to eat there. So we drove the car there. We all ended up changing out and taking off our shoes to get into something more comfortable. And how white were all of our feet? Like imagine, you know, when you get in water a long time and really, really pruney, but all our feet were like super white and pruney. It was like actually kind of disgusting at the same time, but cool to, uh, cool to watch. But you have to get comfortable before you go out to eat. You do want to take off those wet shoes. So the Zion Canyon Brew Pub, I would highly recommend it after our experience. There. 10 out of 10 would recommend. I really enjoyed it. Amazing. The food and the beer was and pleasantly, beer. surprisingly good. Yeah, there was a little bit of a wait. So we all got a beer to celebrate that we just made it through the Narrows and the sour <laughs> beers were delicious. Yeah. do you, Was it a cherry? I thought it was a pomegranate. Pomegranate. Yeah. That's what it was. It was really sour. good. And then when we sat down to eat, and I think the wait was only like 30 minutes or so, so Mm -hmm. it wasn't too bad, but we also ordered another round of beer and the three of us girls got sours. And so he's like, pitcher of sours. (laughs) (laughs) Our server was amazing. He was really cool. He was really cool. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if it's because we didn't have a lot to eat, even though we did bring our lunch in and some snacks to have or just exhausted from the hike. But those beers got me pretty saucy. I was feeling really good while we were having dinner and uh, And drinking those beers we had he had the answer to it and he made us happy oh yeah and <laughs> it's funny yeah and the burgers there was good i mean this was a really really solid place to eat not even just for the beers would recommend the food here it was super good we got to take him through the spread so we had our waiting room beer and then we mm-hmm. sat down and we ordered another round of beers and then what the buffalo cauliflower and we learned our lesson because when we were in montana (laughs) and wyoming we ordered some buffalo cauliflower and kim and charlotte ordered one jamal and i ordered one and we could have split the whole (laughs) i mean they pretty much served a whole head of cauliflower without cutting it up as like one deep fried piece i mean obviously i'm over exaggerating but they were big chunks Mm -hmm. so this time we're like no 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 let's be good we're gonna split (laughs) the cauliflower and it was good and they had an amazing blue cheese dipping sauce it was gorgonzola well gorgonzola blue same thing but different at the same time but you are correct and it was so creamy Mm -hmm. so smooth it was so good it was absolutely delicious yeah and then we moved on to the burger which Mm -hmm. was also really we didn't move on to the burger what did we do we moved on to the side salad Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> <Dang it> side <laughs> salad with that creamy gorgonzola. Dressing. It was good. It was good. And then <laughs> on to the burgers. Mm-hmm. I didn't even finish my burger because I was so full by the time I got my burger. And it was like a nice two-hour leisurely paced dinner too. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. We were very relaxed by the end of that dinner. <laughs> oh yeah, we were so relaxed, and we knew that our hotel that we were going to be going to had a hot tub and pool, so we were like. Like really excited to be like, all right, let's get 
into the hot tub. I think from our drive to Zion the night before, we didn't really talk about this. We stayed in Mesquite, Nevada. We drove from Las Vegas to Mesquite and then woke up in the morning and went from Mesquite to Zion. And you ladies had bought a pack of White Claws or something like that. <laughs> so there was still some White Claws and we're like, we got to take the White Claws to the jacuzzi. But let's talk about the hotel that we stayed at because I think we all love the hotel. And then when we get to it in the morning, they had a bomb ass fucking breakfast. Let's not kid ourselves. Woo. Woo. So where did we stay? Uh, we stayed at the Bumbleberry Inn. The Bumbleberry Inn. Like what a name. Lovely. And I think the coolest part about this part of Zion was everything we wanted to do was very much on the same strip. It was very obtainable to get everywhere we wanted to go. And booking this place was very convenient for our dinner and for hiking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a really cute hotel and it has the beautiful scenic backdrop of like the Zion red rocks in the back. That's what blew me away. I was like, oh my the God. View. The view from the hotel was amazing. Even though Unreal. we've already seen it all day long. No, but you know what was a little <laughs> bit different dirt. about it? Well, one, other than the fact that we had some drinks earlier, that always <laughs> makes everything a little bit more majestic. But by the time we got done with dinner and checking into the hotel, it started to become dusk. So mm-hmm. it was halfway between like sunset golden and hour. yeah it was a golden hour and so just the way the light or what was left of it yeah. hit those rocks it was even more special and majestic it made it really really cool yeah and they had a hot tub so we're like you know what guys we always talk about going swimming or getting in the hot tub <laughs> at hotels and a lot of the times we just like hit the ground running so hard and we don't get back till super late but this time we all got in enjoyed some white claws and just like relaxed before we went to bed we met a nice couple in the hot tub yes they were <laughs> hilarious Jamal made friends with them of course oh yeah well I think well did did I start talking to the lady first because she came in then her boyfriend came in after the fact but they were older than us they were from Northern California San Francisco close to our hometown not Charlotte's but Kim (laughs) Brittany and I's hometown and so we just kind of started talking from there then the boyfriend came in conversation they were drinking themselves too so it just lended for a great time this couple was living their best life they were living their best life they just retired right yes they just retired he just retired from wall street and so she wanted not the narrows wall street so their goal was also (laughs) to make it to the wall street in the narrows, so he could be like in wall street but not working for wall street at this point in time but they were hilarious i mean they told us that they rented all of the equipment they rented the boots the socks the pole everything And they had to take off their shoes and the shuttle wasn't running at that point in time. So then they had to walk barefoot through part of the park. (laughs) And then they like literally found someone to to ride back with to their car. And I think they paid them like 20 bucks or something like that. Yes, they basically hitchhiked back to the hotel. Exactly. (laughs) Well, luckily we didn't have to do that because I would have been thoroughly pissed. Jamal would have had a freak out if we had to do that type of walk. But the Bumbleberry Inn was really, really nice. Breakfast, like we said, was included. We'll talk about that after we get into our next hike because that's when we had it but it was 225 a night and i mean i think we all just really loved the hotel and how it was decorated was so yeah it had like a modern rustic type feel i would highly highly recommend the bumbleberry inn for your stay in zion national park close to the entrance moderately priced and very nice and 
oh, me and Charlotte cuddled the fuck out of that bed. So much cuddling. (laughs) (laughs) But if you guys are to go, so we went in June 2021. If you're to go anytime in the future, they may have their kitchen rebuilt. And so the name Bumbleberry Inn, they're actually known for their Bumbleberry Pie, which unfortunately we did not get to try because they had recently had a fire in the kitchen, which took down their whole area. So we have to return for that pie. Yes. Do you know what Bumbleberry is? I have no idea, honestly. Never heard that before. <laughs> Anyone? No. So it's actually not one specific berry. It's a combination of berries. It's like blackberry, raspberry, strawberry, blueberry. Oh, whoa. And you can Ooh. throw in some like apple or rhubarb, but it's like a mixture of all of those berries. So it's not together. one single berry. It's no. a mix. A plethora. Oh. Of a plethora. Berries. <laughs> Interesting. Well, we're going to definitely have to go try it. But it's not good that their kitchen had burnt down. But when we get to breakfast, because it was burnt down, they gave a complimentary breakfast for everyone staying in the hotel to a specific restaurant, which we're going to touch upon very, very soon. And that was a highlight. So if you stay at Bumbleberry and their kitchen's back up and they have their homemade breakfast, probably going to be bomb, can guarantee it. But at the same time, if you have more time too and stay in multiple days, I do recommend the restaurant. We'll touch on later. But we woke up the next morning after booze and white claws in the hot tub to go hike another one of Zion's classic hikes, Angel's Landing. We woke up extremely early. What time do we wake up? Was it 4.30? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 4.30 a.m. on a vacation. We're waking up. Criminal. Vacation. We <laughs> quickly get in the shower, but he's like, two minutes only. So we... Just basically wash the pits, get out. Shower lineup, <laughs> strong. We had to shower two at a time. Just the pits, Kim? <laughs> Just the pits. I could think of a couple other things that might need a little bit of washing. There was too. no time for that. Okay. <laughs> so we did that and we got to the shuttle line at five? Six. No, we woke up at 4.30. I thought we woke up at 5. <laughs> or did we wake up at 5.30? It's a little hazy. I think it was the, <laughs> I think it was because of the drinks the night before. But let's put it this way. We arrived at the hour that the first shuttle was supposed to be leaving. Which is 6 a.m. We, we got did. there a little bit before that. We were on Because point. by the time we washed our pits <laughs> and got dressed... And then we had to park and then we had to walk in all of that. So by the time we went through all of that, it was a little bit before 6 a.m. Okay. But at the same time, that was also part of the problem. From the 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock hour, they only have one shuttle that comes every 15 minutes to take you. And then I heard a park ranger tell somebody else when they were complaining about how long it was taking, and rightfully so, even that early in the morning, the crowd there to catch the shuttle was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, at seven o'clock we're gonna have a shuttle that comes like every five minutes instead of 15 so the pace picks up so if you get there early but not early enough to be on one of those first two shuttles it's almost like you're wasting your time so we learned that lesson ourselves but anyway angels landing is one of those iconic zion national park hikes Brittany and I have done that one twice. We attempted to do it a third time with Kim when we had gone in the winter and we completed three fourths of it, but wasn't able to complete the climactic point where you have the chains that you have to use. And those chains are there to protect you because on either side, there is a sheer thousand plus foot cliff. Yeah. (laughs) And you could, but it was too snowy for us to do those chains at that point. So we never did. And we thought to ourselves, this is the time we're going to do it with Kim and Charlotte just as well. 
So we had been talking all about hiking Angel's Landing. We were looking at pics. We were getting all excited for the chain section and going through all of that. And I then don't there's... know if excited would be the word I would use. <laughs> what word would you use? Mm. Fearful. <laughs> but then, you know, you have intrigued. to go... Intrigued. Yes, it, they were very intriguing. So we were super excited about the Angel's Landing hike because we have been looking at pictures. Some of us were really excited. Some of us were terrified of (laughs) the chain section of the Angel's Landing hike. And so we're super excited to finally get on the bus. We get on the bus. You have to get off at stop number six, which is the grotto. And you cross the street and you start the hike from there. And it's really a nice hike. It starts off pretty steep from the beginning. But at one point, you start to gain some elevation. You get some really good views of the canyon zion canyon and when you think that like you're super tired it starts to level off and you go through what they call like refrigerator canyon because it gets really cool and it's really shaded is that where the owls were yes and you have to be quiet because the owls are living there and they don't like human noise they're so cute yeah they were like endangered mexican spotted owls if i remember correctly what's in there but angel's landing the hike itself is five miles round trip you get an elevation of 1630 feet so you start in the canyon and you gain that elevation of about 1600 feet and so Brittany's right it's a very very steep incline you get to the point where you're in the canyon during the summer months that canyon is a very nice reprieve because it's shaded it's cold it's about 20 30 degrees cooler than anywhere else so that gives you that nice little reprieve and then you get to a point that's called Walter's Wiggles which is a set of 20 21 steep ass switchbacks and once you complete that you get to the point that is the climactic point of angels landing which is the chain section that we were talking about yes but before you get to the chain section you're at a lookout called scouts lookout has really really great views from there and we were in a dilemma all morning because we told you we had a free breakfast but the free breakfast had a time limit on it And they were only going to be serving breakfast or the vouchers were only valid until like, what, 11 a.m.? It's at 11 a.m. These were free vouchers from Bumbleberry Inn at the restaurant Oscars because their kitchen was burnt down. And so we had it all planned out in our head. Like if we wake up at 4.30 and we get there, we're going to get on the shuttle at 6. It's going to take us this amount of hours to hike. We're going to be down to the car, out to Oscars, and it's going to be perfect timing. Very efficient. Great breakfast, back to Vegas for a pool party. It was going to be so efficient. But you know what? It was a little bit more crowded than we anticipated. And when we got to the chain section, there was a line for the chains that we had to wait for on top of the line for the shuttle that we had already waited like at least 45 minutes. Yeah, we didn't even get on the bus until seven i think so later than that we didn't get on until like the third shuttle after seven when they started coming more frequently so then by the time it got us through zion canyon itself to get us to the narrows it was late i don't think we started until like honestly eight or a little bit after eight so like halfway through the hike we're like all right we're gonna give up breakfast like the hope (laughs) for breakfast is just like over i never give up hope and that was a (laughs) shitty thing to give up you know we love free breakfasts at the travel squad here so that was like (laughs) devastating news to be like no breakfast we were booking it up the trail but we uh we committed to that fact so let's talk about the chain section what happened there? Yeah, what happened? I'm, I'm looking. Uh, the audience can't see this. I am dead on Charlotte <laughs> and Kim right now because the chain section okay. mishaps is on these two well, over Well, first here. of all, I never wanted to do it. What? 
And what, what happened when we? Fair, what? Well, hold on though. But what happened when we went in winter that one time? You were gung ho for it. We didn't, I didn't know what we it didn't was. do it because there was too much snow and it was slippery and we forgot our crampons. So we did something else uh, from Scouts Land, and you could go the opposite way Which and continue beautiful. on to it. It was beautiful. You were talking earlier how we made snow angels, Kim. It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. But you were gung ho about it one time, and then this time I think you did a little bit more research and got into your own head, which I don't blame you because Jamal gets into his own head all Mm -hmm. the time. But yeah, not to mention that this is one of the iconic places in the park where people frequently die. Well, iconic places where people die. Okay. (laughs) True. Heroes too. But at the same time, the sign before the chains, I think says 17 people since the year 2002, (laughs) 2003. So it happens. It happens. 1400 foot drop right below make one wrong step and it is like literally you're walking up these chains and there is like mm, some parts maybe like two feet so you lose your little slip and bam there's a drop off right there waiting for you and it's dicey because at the same time it's two-way traffic people Mm. are going up people are coming down that's the worst the regulation in the park they should have been regulating letting people come down and then letting people go up if i'm being honest i see zion and time becoming a permitted hike and i think it should be yeah i think we could have made it through the whole chains if it was one-way traffic of people coming up and down the chains the fact that people were coming down as people were also climbing up was terrifying and and so going up yeah, I was scared. And I was in it until Charlotte was like, no, I'm, I'm done. And I was like, me too. <laughs> if, I, if I remember correctly, I turned to Kim I thought, and I'm like, I'll tap out when you do. She's like, I've been waiting. Well, so you, you gave her the green light. But I, I, I remember it as Kim tapping out, then you tapped out. I was already kind of like, I don't want to do this. Kim I was do tapped this. out the whole time. And I know. Then, and then Charlotte was like, you got scared of the heights. And I was like... Well, we're sitting out. <laughs> yeah. When people started coming, we made it through one section of the chains. And when people started coming down at the same time, and I looked over the edge, I turned back to Kim. I'm like, I'll tap out when, when you want to tap out. And she goes, I'm ready. So like I said, <laughs> Brittany and I have done this hike several times before. We've made it to the top. By the way, the top climactic view is a beautiful overlook of Zion Canyon itself. You can see the canyon below, the lush greenery that they have in the canyon with the contrast of the red rocks. It's absolutely gorgeous. But those chains, just imagine the Led Zeppelin song, Stairway to Heaven. It's a stairway to heaven of chains, just of this narrow way going all the way to the top. that's a stairway. Uh, Well, it could be the stairway to heaven, (laughs) but that would be the worst way. Well, anyway... Thousands of people do it a day, hundreds of thousands a year, and, you know, very few people perish. It happens. I think any national park has deaths on certain hikes. It's a reality. But this one, you do want to be a little bit more careful. But anyway, once you two ladies tapped out, Brittany and I said, you know what? We're going to continue on. And then we continued on for a little bit more got to a point where we actually got a beautiful view of the canyon, not at the top. And then you know what the thought process was in our head? Part of it was thinking about you ladies. Oh, we can't leave them there for that long. We were but, getting our tan But on. Brittany thought to herself, well, if we leave now, we might be able to make it back to use <laughs> our Oscars certificates for the free breakfast. And once she said that, I was like, done deal. We've done this before more than one time. So we turned around, met back up with you ladies, and we made it to breakfast. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing was like we went up, it maybe took five minutes to get where me and Charlotte ended up stopping. 
And then there was more chains to where you guys went to that plateau. It was probably about five minutes, another mm-hmm. five. But everyone that was going up or coming down was like, this isn't even the hike. Just wait until you get over there. And because once you hit that plateau, you guys were, it's probably another 30 minutes because of all the people. Yes. Oh, yeah. The like, chains is no. the chains section is literally a half mile of chains. If there was less people, that hike would have been more enjoyable. I'm excited. At the top. I, you know, I see the trend of the national parks for a lot of places starting to go and be permitted i think this one will be permitted in time maybe with uh, less cross traffic i think you ladies would do it because i don't disagree with you it makes it scary i think Brittany and i had the comfort factor because we've done it before we know what we're gonna get into but yeah we thought to ourselves all right we have our flight later that evening let's go get breakfast so we did call it quits but if i'm being honest we called it quits because these two over here called (sighs) it quits even coming back down the five (laughs) minutes that we did hike up it was so freaking scary yeah we did like the crab crawl down the side with all those people (laughs) i'm just like oh my god it was like like, no one wants to move either there's nowhere to go if one person lets go they're gonna take out like 10 like dominoes and what's funny is i even told you ladies that before the hike itself like leading up to the trip on the trip i said honestly i wouldn't be concerned for yourself i would be concerned for the person who's coming down like that's who you need to be worried about is that cross traffic of the person coming down because they'll be the one to take you down and I did bring gloves and so I did give them to Kim so she could grip onto the the chains a little bit easier. So that's another tip. They get pretty hot in the summer and then of course in winter they get pretty cold. But another squad tip that we have is if you do want to do it with less people, hike it in off season. In summer, it's going to be crowded, but if you hike it in off season, like in winter or in October, it'll be really nice and a lot less people on the chain section and it'll be perfect. The time we went with you, Kim, there was too much ice on the chain section early on to even continue. I think probably where we quit is actually where you and Charlotte quit too. So I don't think you've made it past a certain point. I don't think we even touched any chains when we went in the winter. Well... I think we got to it and then decided. So you're right. You made it maybe 50 feet further than <laughs> we Making originally progress. did. But Brittany, the reason why I say that, though, is Brittany and I had gone in winter with some other friends of ours and there wasn't ice and we actually made it to the top. And not even just Angel's Landing, Zion in general, I want to stress this. We touched on it earlier beautiful park in the winter you can do less things but it's majestic because of the snow the ice and there's less people there so it makes it even more humbling and exciting and peaceful for you and it's really really great so i do recommend that so we booked it down that trail to the point where charlotte whose poor toenail was coming off (laughs) i lost the toenail (laughs) you guys Stop going so fast. (laughs) My toenail is coming off. It's hurting me. And we're just going to a stupid breakfast. Yeah, I think at one point Charlotte was like, are we really hurrying back for a breakfast? <laughs> like, Charlotte, we love free breakfast. But this one was worth it. So, I, Charlotte, tell I, us about the breakfast. Okay, I was very against the free <laughs> breakfast. I'm like, what kind of bullshit is this? We're going with a, a voucher to a free breakfast. Like, I'm trying to enjoy the scenery. I'm probably never going to come back here. And then we get to the breakfast. And honestly, the breakfast fucked. The breakfast was amazing. Definitely fucked. The breakfast was really good. And it was at this place called Oscars, a Mexican restaurant, really good service. 
really good food. The service was great. And not only was it breakfast, but coffee too. Yes. Yeah, it was a free breakfast and drink. And they didn't limit you to how much each voucher was worth. It was for one entree. So you could get the cheapest entree. You could get the most expensive that was on there. Plus your free drink. We got lattes. Yeah, anything oh, yeah. you wanted, you it, could get. It was super good. And that's why I say if you stay at the Bumbleberry Inn, maybe by the time you get there, they'll have their kitchen up because they usually do their own breakfast. I can imagine it's this bomb-ass homemade country-style mm-hmm. breakfast. And I want to go oh. back to have that. But again, if you're spending more time in Zion, like multiple days, do go check out Oscars. Really cool patio dining, awesome feel, really good food, big portion sizes also. Mm-hmm. And big you know what? I think really Charlotte big. changed her mind on being like, oh yeah, this is why we rushed back. Charlotte, you'd bomb. be surprised how many places free breakfast is actually really good. Like <laughs> the days of continental <laughs> breakfast are over. They're They've over. stepped it up. Uh, These guys. I gotta get my breakfast game back in. <laughs> you really do. And I was just listening to one of our recent episodes and I think it's when you guys were in Nashville and you got a free breakfast, but it was during COVID and it was to go. And it was a to-go container of fresh, hot biscuits and gravy oh that was nashville fuck yeah so like when you hear free breakfast you can't knock it until you try it here free breakfast i I think a yogurt like some cheerios i'm like i'm good and i know i'll agree some (laughs) of them are like that and at the same time you know what you know our motto fuck them hard i'll take it free i'll save a couple bucks i'll still maybe pick up something later just less than what i would need to otherwise but when the breakfasts are bomb and let alone as bomb as they were at oscars holy fuck it made the whole trip like we're still talking about it amongst ourselves charlotte's like burrito bomb. was like as big as both of her arms put together <laughs> i could not a even arm. eat a fourth of this burrito it was wild and the rest of us got this green chili horseshoe and it was potatoes chopped with shredded pork cheese the verde sauce topped with eggs guacamole and sour mm. cream and it came with a side of toast and you could turn your toast into tortillas mm. which is what we did it was amazing mm-hmm. and then kim got a caramel latte or mm-hmm. iced coffee and i think i got a vanilla so did charlotte so it mm-hmm. included all of that our entire bill came to like 70 bucks we didn't pay a dime of that our four vouchers covered it all so cool but even though it covers it all don't forget to tip your server that is an absolute must the so. server was amazing too. she was great she was really cool And if you guys want to know, we got there at like 11.01 and I was like, they better let us use these vouchers. We're going to use these vouchers, man. I really think they let you use it all day. They just tell you the time, but I can't guarantee that you will get a server as cool as the one that we got to (laughs) accept it, but do keep that in mind. Yeah, we did it the right way because if we had woken up a little later, ate breakfast, then did the hike, and I I went through that route in my head when we were hiking up, we would have been so full and like sick, thrown up on the hike. I don't know about you guys, but I don't like to do physical physical activities with a full stomach (laughs) definitely not (laughs) so from there we decided we're going to drive to vegas charlotte was actually staying in vegas for the night we were just going to do a little pop in have some vegas food on maybe go to a pool party we were trying to that's why we got up so early but then the shuttle system kind of fucked us hard so what do we do miss dead mouse We contact a old friend of all of ours, old roommate of mine. Jordan, you probably remember him from our Cuba episode. Yes, he went with you and Zena to Cuba. Mm-hmm. And he was on that episode as well. He now lives in Las Vegas. So we hit him up on our way back to Vegas since we were flying out that night. Again, except for Charlotte. She was staying an extra day. It's one of those <laughs> things like when you're on a trip. 
even though we didn't stay in Vegas, we still managed a way to squeeze in Vegas activities on the trip too. So I think that's just a general squad tip in general. If you're using an airport as a hub, if you have the opportunity, use that city to do something before your flight out, either before or after the fact. We took a quick little power nap, a little bird bath, got the pits and the other spots this time. (laughs) (laughs) We saw the Bellagio fountains. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was beautiful. What was that? It's the conservatory inside the Bellagio Mm -hmm. where they have the flower garden. They always theme it to the season and certain things. And then we were looking for a place to eat. We went to the Cosmopolitan. We had Scarpetta, Mm. which was really good. It gives you amazing views of the Bellagio fountains as well while you're dining if you're up on the window. Brittany and I have eaten there several times. Been up on the window this time. Unfortunately, we were not up on the window, but it's still a good Italian restaurant nonetheless. So I have a couple of tips for this restaurant that I learned. Okay. It is a nicer restaurant. So it would be great to, you know, dress nice, have a bottle of wine, eat leisurely. But we were on a time crunch because we'd already tried a couple other places and they were booked. So we're like, shit. So I had called and made a reservation for 530 when it opened, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. They even had a reservation, but it was the time they opened. So there wasn't many people there. But because we were trying to figure out something else, we didn't actually arrive until like 6, 610, I think. Yeah. And I just walk up here for a reservation (laughs) and she's looking, looking. Then she's like, oh, your reservation was at 530. And I was like, oh, oh, it's six. (laughs) Okay. Is there any way we could still possibly get seated? You know, I totally knew what time it was. Yeah. And then after that, Brittany and I were standing next to Kim. I forgot who it was who chimed in. I'm going to go in and steal the thunder and the credit. I think it was me who said, oh, like we have a flight. It's going to be really quick because believe me, we need to be in and out. Yes. And then once I said that, that's when they were like, okay, let's see. And then they were able to squeeze us for a table. Well, because first she was like, okay, well, we can sit you here at one of these tables. And they were like three person tables. And I was like, okay. Even though they would split us up. They would split us up. There was like seven of us. Then you came in with that. So that's another tip. If you do want to get in at a table, just say you're in a rush you're going to be in and out even if you're not and then they sat us we got our food i was looking at the menu and i was like "Ooh, a lot of this stuff is like a little weird it's like lamb or it's like duck or oh good stuff that kim doesn't want to eat not weird gras. stuff <laughs> i just wanted some classic italian food so there was like some chicken dishes and i was asking some questions and i think the guy was confused and then he just said so you want chicken alfredo I was like, okay, sure. It's not on the menu. Secret menu at Scarpetta. They have chicken Alfredo and it is bomb. (laughs) I will say, Kim, you did look like you had the biggest like portion size. It was really good. In terms of pasta. Ooh, and then they bring out these apps like little calzones and breads. Mm. They were really good. It was really good. Yeah, the bread was amazing. Yeah, so that really just summed up our trip to Zion National Park and that little dip into Vegas. But Kim, myself, and Jamal all flew out from Vegas to San Diego, and we didn't actually spend too much on this trip. It was a pretty affordable weekend trip. So for our flights, it was probably about 200 person, and then... Except for my flight. I only paid $11 for my flight because I had points, and I only had to pay the taxes. Puntos. It was $200 a person with flight, rental car, hotel, food, drinks, equipment, and parking fees. Oh, that's much better. Yeah. So all of that for $200 a person. And then Kim, yours was probably even cheaper than that because your flight was already paid for from your points. 
And Charlotte, you had some free flights yourself. I did fly there for free. My dad works for Delta, so I flied under standby. And then on the way back, they eliminated the flights back to San Diego. So I got a little bit screwed over and they raised the flights to $330 last minute. So that's why I ended up staying an extra day so I could have a lower rate on the flight back for about 160. That's the standby life though. That's yeah. the standby yeah. life. I get really good perks, really good benefits, get to travel more often, but sometimes I get stuck in weird places and I make the best of it. I was gonna say, you live by it or you <laughs> die by it and you live by it 75% of the time, but when you die by it, that 25% it can that 25% really jab you up. I'm but... either first class or I'm backseat middle of the plane or I don't get on. It's one <laughs> of the three. It's a gamble every time. Not bad odds though, first class. First class is very nice. All in all, like I just want to reiterate, sometimes national park trips, doesn't matter where you go, can be inexpensive. You'll have the entrance fee or, you know, you may have your national park pass. But sometimes, again, this is one of the reasons why we started the podcast. When you travel as a squad with a group of people, you're splitting hotels, rental cars, other things makes travel a lot more affordable. So I just want to say go out there and do it. And national parks are hot items right now in terms of travel within the United States. So. Yeah, I agree. I think during COVID, this is our second national park trip, all four of us together. And it's really opening people's eyes up that are limited to travel at this time. Like you may not be able to go overseas right now, but there's so much in the US that people don't even know about and are still learning about. Like, I mean, there's trips I went on this year to national parks that I would never have picked first, but I'm so glad I went. Really eye-opening things right in our backyard and driving distance easy flights. Yeah, Charlotte. And we've talked on our trips about going on other trips in the future. We always have these backup trips planned. So tell us, where are we going next? Ooh, I think we are going to go to Oregon. 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 Or or as I pronounce with my New York accent, Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) But I think we should go up to Washington, Oregon and do some of the traveling up there. I've been just seeing a lot of research and pictures from other people and really inspired by that landscape. Can't wait to go next year with you. (laughs) Make sure you email me the proper itinerary (laughs) this time so I don't pack all summer clothes. So Kim, am I mistaken? Is it your favorite time of the week? And do we have a question? It is my favorite time of the week. Questions of the week. Woo! We have one question here. This burn is specific to Zion and they're asking, is this park better in winter or summer? I know how I feel. Well, that's a really tough question. I mean, in the summer, all of the trails are open. Um, You really get to see the beauty of the canyon, especially in like golden hour. But in winter, when there is just that nice light layer of snow on the red canyons, that's really, really beautiful. And being able to like go off trail and make snow angels, that's really awesome with no one there too, because you have the whole trail to yourself because there's not a lot of people in the park and you can actually park at a trailhead. I would probably have to say winter for me. I'm going to have to go ahead and agree. I think winter, like we touched upon earlier, certain hikes you can't do or necessarily complete in the winter because of the weather, such as Angel's Landing, as we experienced if there's snow. But one time we were able to do it in the winter without you, Kim, because there wasn't too much snow on it. And so I just think because there's less people and it has that winter aspect in the desert, that little dust layer of snow, it just makes it absolutely breathtaking. I think when you're in nature and you have it more to yourself, it's 
it's a lot more exciting and better for you. During the summer, it's still just as beautiful. You can do more hikes, but the crowds sometimes I don't want to say kill it, but it takes away from that more connecting spirit that you should get when you're out in nature because there's so many people there. Yeah, I think the only reason I would say summer was for the Narrows hike because that is freaking amazing. You can do it in the winter and wear those waders, though. (laughs) That's true, but being that it was hot, I think added to it. But I I do think winter, too. And the older I get, the more I don't like crowds. Really? (laughs) I agree. Seriously. Like, I I don't even know if I want to live in San Diego anymore because I just hate the crowds of people but i would have never thought we'd be having this conversation hey, hey well we'll see if this lives up because next time we're in vegas if kim says no hawkus on this time then we'll know she's we'll for know real for sh- we'll, we'll know she's for real whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not that old yet oh, well crowds are okay for clubs but anywhere else no. but i would say like the snow in the red rocks and doing snow angels and being like no one else around almost on that hike that was just you just can't beat that. I'm trying to think when I we think went, I don't, yeah, but I'm trying to think when we went, Kim, I don't think anybody was on that we trail We saw with us. a couple like other people two. who told us don't do the, the Angels <laughs> Landing because it's too icy. And that's another thing. I don't care about doing Angels Landing. So I, I do want to go in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> And with that is the end of our episode. Yeah, there you have it. Winner's the answer, apparently, though. Thank you, Charlotte, for coming on this episode. I'm so glad we finally got to have you on. Thank you. Me too. I love being able to be on here with some people that are also passionate about travel, as I am myself. We'll have you back on for the Oregon episode. I cannot wait. For the Oregon episode, yeah. (laughs) Oregon or Oregon? We should take a poll. Oregon. I feel like I'm not the only one that says it wrong. It'll be a question for that episode. We'll we'll find out the truth here. <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> the glad Oregon Trail. I'm glad all three of us were able to pop your podcast cherry in a way. So next time when you are on, it's gonna be a lot more flowy. No, it was still flowy, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like there's always gotta be that icebreaker, and this was the one though. So it's good. Well, thank you for having me. Love traveling with you guys. You're an honorary squad member and you're welcome back anytime. Always be a good plan B or C for Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're plan A. Ooh. Plan B assumes someone else is first. I don't know who else is first. You're it. Plan A. Oh, well, thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into our episode this week. Keep the adventures going with us by following us on Instagram and YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast. Tag us in your adventures and send us in your questions of the week. And if you found the information in this episode to be useful, or if you thought we were just plain funny, please be sure to share it with a friend that you know would enjoy it too. And as always, guys, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast, and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We're going to have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Bye, Bye. everybody. Bye.